So praise God. Thank God for all of our volunteers that help and serve and that work with our kids. What a what a privilege. And they don't guess what? It's not just babysitting. Amen. They I mean they are imparting the word in them and uh, putting the word of God on the inside of them and and what an eternal difference they're making. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Well, open up your Bibles to Numbers 13. Numbers 13. Uh, Old Testament. I, uh, I was actually going to minister on this last week, and, and uh, of course the Holy Spirit had different ideas. Let me, uh, let me mention this too for all those that are watching on Facebook. If you, uh, uh, if you will like and share the post, so we can get more people look watching and, and get more people uh, out there seeing our post and everything. We'd appreciate that. Also, comment on there if you're watching online. Uh, comment. Let us know you're there. Let us know that you're watching. And I go back and look at all the comments. And, and, uh, and you know, if, if, if you hear something that blesses you, say amen online. Amen. We, we'll, we'll amen with you. So, uh, but make sure that you like it and that you share it. And uh, that helps get the word out there. But a couple weeks ago, as, as, as uh, we were finishing up on... The names of God series. We we did 13 or 14 weeks on the names of God, and uh, all of those, by the way, are out there on our website and on the podcast as well. We have a podcast on iTunes. You can look us up on that, and, and every week the the sermon goes on there, so you can uh, download it or listen to it on iTunes as well. Um, but uh, but you know we were finishing up that the names of God series, so I was asking the Lord, you know, well, Father, what do you you know where are we going? What do you want to do next? And and uh, and I kept hearing the Lord just say, I just kept hearing Him say, uh, your words, your words. And, you know, my first thought to Him, I, I have, you know, these conversations with the Lord, and sometimes I think I'm smarter than Him until I realize I'm not. And uh, that don't take very long, of course. Sometimes I'm more stubborn than other times. But, but you know, my first response to Him was like, well, Lord, I'm, you know, I was like, I was like, uh, I've taught on that before, you know. I mean, I've just even the first of this year we taught on the words and the the power of our words, you know, and and what we say. And and I thought, you know, I taught a couple of weeks on that, and and, uh, and then I just I, it was like the Holy Spirit just, uh, you know, when I say things like this, I, I mean I want to make sure you understand, you know, when I say I heard the Lord say, I don't necessarily mean I heard an audible voice. It was just like I just had an inside knowing that like this converse, this ongoing conversation with the Lord just happens on the inside and. It's kind of like you just know what he's saying, and I, I don't even know a better way to even say that. It's just like cause I'm just having this conversation, and and I heard the Holy Spirit just say this to me. I mean, just on the end, it was like he said, you know, when I told him, I was like, well, I don't need to teach on words again or what we say, and and he said, he said, Stephen, turn on the, he said, turn on the TV. So I turned on the TV, and and I and he said, flip around to some different channels. So I went to. You know, I went to all the channels, CBS, ABC, Fox, CNN, MSNBC. I, I was flipping through just looking at all the different channels because that's what he told me to do. Well, you know what? Not one of those. Not, I, probably, I went to probably like seven or eight different channels, and not one positive word did I hear. Everything was negative. Everything was, oh, this, this nation's in a spiral. This, you know, the election's going to be chaos. This person said, this person said, that group said, this group said, you know. And it was just like one thing, one negative thing after another. And then as I was watching that, I was just like, okay, Lord, I get the picture. And then he said, he said, open up your Facebook. And I thought, I thought, oh boy. <laughs> so I opened up my Facebook. He said, now just scroll through. And post after post was all about negative and just, you know, it was this and this and this. And, and, then, and then he said, turn your phone off. 
So I, I shut that down. And then, and then he said, ask me that question again. So I, said, so I said, Lord, what do you want me to talk on? He said, your words. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> because I think we all need a reminder sometimes of the power of our words. Now, I want to ask you a question. And this is how we're going to start off with this. I want you to think about uh, this past week. Think about from last Sunday till this morning. Think about the conversations, the conversations you had with your spouse, with your family, with your coworkers, with your, you know, your kids, your parents, your, you know, whatever, whoever you have conversations with during the week. And then let me ask you this question. What would happen, or what would your life look like today if every conversation you had, every word you said this week came to pass? Now think about it. Every conversation that you had, think back through the conversations, and what if every word that came out of your mouth, as soon as it came out of your mouth, it happened? Man, when, when, when I started thinking about, and, and I mean, Stacy and I were on a, you know, we were on a marriage retreat, and, you know, and, and we came in contact with kind of the same people, but even in some of those conversations, the Lord, the Lord kept showing me like I would say something and then and then the Holy Spirit would rise up on the inside. He said, Did you really mean that? Is that what you really want? And man, I mean, I'm telling you guys, I did a lot of repenting this week of my words. You know what I mean? Because I would say things and it's I mean, as I was saying it, I would hear the Holy Spirit say, You don't believe that. Why are you agreeing with that? Why are you saying that? Okay, I know maybe I got the wrong group. Maybe none of y'all do that, but, 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 boy, I tell you, I I had a rough week. The Holy Spirit beat me up this week. Not really. I'm just I'm just saying that. <clears throat> you understand what I'm saying? When when I was conscious of what of the words that I was saying, and and I really put an effort to think about what I was saying, I realized how how much that I say that. And I'm not talking, I'm not even, listen, I'm not talking about bad stuff. I'm just talking about, you know, I mean, I don't even know that I can give you, I, I mean, say for example, you know, somebody, somebody said, somebody might say, you know, boy, this world's in bad shape, isn't it? And, and I might just say, yeah, it is. Well, well, guess what? I just, I just made the world a bad place with my words. It's, it's things simple like that. I'm not talking about curse words or, you know, or anything like that. I'm just talking about just simple things that we agree with, simple things that we say, simple things that we that we say things like, you know, uh, like for example, like if your if your car if your if if your car broke down or or you had an issue with your car and, and you say things like, you know, why does all this stuff always happen to me? Well, then guess what? You just said that stuff always happens to you. You know, last week I think I shared this last week that. That you know that the space between the way, what God thinks and what you think is the area that that you give the enemy to, to mess with you. <clears throat> and I'll, I'll go so far as even this morning saying this way: the things that you say that don't line up with the things that God says, that's the area that you give the enemy room to operate. 
You know, when, when God's, you know, and, and I, I, I was thinking the Lord reminded me last night of this. You know, we just did this, this Names of God series. And I, I read, um, I can't remember, I think it was maybe in Kenneth Copeland or maybe in uh, Bill Winston or one of those guys. I can't remember one of them. One of them said this about the names of God. Uh, but they said every time you, like for example, uh, you know, we, we, we saw uh, when, we, when we talked about Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. You know, every time that we agree with sickness in our life, we take that name, Jehovah Rapha, in vain. Because He is the Lord who heals. When we say that He doesn't heal, then we just took His name in vain. When, when we say, you know, He's Jehovah Nisi, He's the, our banner, our victory. When we say, you know, I can't never win. We just took the name Jehovah Nisi in vain. Because He said we always triumph in Christ Jesus. See, our words have weight. Our words have power. We know the Scripture that says the power of death and life are in our tongue. And, you know, but, but really, <clears throat> I was sharing with the worship team this morning, I don't think very many people believe that Scripture. Now, we say we do, but if you really believe, listen, if you really believe that your words brought death, how many of you know you would be a whole lot more careful what you said? Amen. So I really, I really wonder how many of us truly believe that our words carry that much weight. Now, in the, the Scripture I had you open up to, Numbers 13, we're not going to read a lot of it, but Numbers 13 and 14 is the story, uh, recounting the story of the children of Israel when they got delivered from, um, you know, they, they had got across, uh, they got delivered from Egypt and they're out in the, out in the wilderness now, and, and they're making that journey. And, and they get to the place where uh, God tells them to send ten spies into the country, into Egypt, to, to, to see the way to go and, and everything. And, you know, God, God did not tell them, He did not tell them to send spies to see if they could do it or not. He told them to send spies to spy out the way. So that they would know what they, what they would they would know what they're up against. So so uh, in at the beginning of chapter thirteen, and you will see even in the first couple of verses here, uh, Numbers thirteen verse verse one and two says the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send me, send men to spy out the land of Canaan which I am giving to the children of Israel. So he told he told them from the very beginning, I'm giving you this land. So send send men in to spy it out. And he said, he said, I'm giving the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So, so he told them, he said, send men in to spy out the land that I'm giving you. God said, I'm giving you this land. It's yours. So he said, send, send somebody in to spy it out. We know the story. They send ten spies in. And it says they go through, and you can read it there in, in uh, Numbers 13. They, and they, but when they got there, they found giants. They found fortified cities. They found, uh, you know, just huge number of people, and and it and it disheartened them. And 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 Moses had told them, bring back, bring back some fruit of that land. Let us see what it's like. They cut down one cluster of grapes, and it took two men to carry it. One cluster, and it took two men to carry it. They get back to the land. They get back to they get back to the camp. 
after being gone for uh, like 40 days, they get back to the lamp, to the camp, excuse me, and they showed them, the Bible tells us they showed them the fruit, they, they talked about it, but look at verse 27, Numbers 13, verse 27, and we'll read just a little bit of it. And verse 26 says, they showed them the fruit of the land and talked to them. It says, then they told them and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Man, and you can imagine the people were like, wow, look at that. You know, probably grapes the size of watermelons or something. You know what I mean? Could you imagine how prosperous this land was? And it says, this is the fruit, this is its fruit. But then notice in verse 28, they said, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, and that, that was giants. The, the uh, Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. But then Caleb quieted the people because you could imagine what, what they were thinking. They were, oh, no, no, not, you know, not the Canaanites, not the men. Oh, no, you know, what are we going to do? But Caleb stands up and says, be quiet, be quiet. Listen. Caleb said he quieted the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Come on, why, why would, why would Caleb where did Caleb get this, this spirit from? Because he believed that God said, I'm giving you this land. He believed it. And since he believed it, he said, we're well able to take this land. Oh, but look, look at the response, verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, Now listen to what notice listen to what they said. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it were men of great stature. There were there we saw giants, the descendants of Enoch came from the giants. And we, now listen to this last statement, very important. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Now notice they, notice they said that in the right order. They said, they said, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers among giants, so that's how they saw us. Now, now let's compare the two. God said, send spies in. You know, to spy out the land, and I'm giving you this land. Eight of the ten spies came back and said, we are grasshoppers against giants. There's no way we can do this. So chapter 14 goes and it starts talking about, you know, all the people were, I mean, they were sad. They were, they started crying. They, they, you know, but here's the thing. They started, they got mad at God. And they got mad at their leader, at Moses. And they said, would, would we to God that we would have died in Egypt? Or that we would have died on the other side of the Red Sea? They said, you brought us out here to be devoured by giants now. You know, and they're like, they're like what, you know, what is, what is, why did you do this? And they started complaining and Moses and Aaron fell on their face before God, the Bible says. And then look at uh, verse 6 in chapter 14. 
And you can read this whole story. I'm just kind of skipping around for time. But verse 6 in chapter 14 says this, But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of uh, Jephaniah, who, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to the congregation of the children of Israel, saying... Now here was... This was what Joshua and Caleb... This was their de- declaration. The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us then He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So see, Joshua and Caleb understood. Remember what Moses, remember what Moses told God when he had the conversation with God one time? And Moses says, Moses says, I'm not going anywhere if you don't go with us. Because he said this. He said, the only difference between us and every other nation on the face of the earth, the only difference, the only thing that differentiates us between them is the fact that your presence is with us. And if you don't go with us, we're not going anywhere. So see, they knew that the presence of God was with them. They knew that they had God on their side. And with God on their side, Joshua and Caleb knew that there was nothing that they could not accomplish. So so they said, don't fear the people. (coughs) And you would think that it would stir the people up. and They would say, yes, let's go take the land. But look at verse 10. And all the congregation said to stone... Joshua and Caleb with stones. Isn't that some, isn't it something how sometimes the the bearer of good news kind of gets trampled down, but if but the other eight that brought bad news, boy, they were they were received with open arms. Isn't that something? And then look at this. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. So now get this picture. You remember you remember how this works. They had the tabernacle of meeting where God where Moses and Joshua would go and talk to God. They had this conversation. They the spies came back. The the eight brought a bad report. Joshua and Caleb brought a good report. They're they're having this battle between, you know, between you know, is it good or is it bad? What are we going to do? You know, Joshua and Caleb give a good report. They want to stone them. And then all of a sudden, when, when finally, I believe it's finally when they made, when the people made the final choice in their heart. And they said, let's stone Joshua and Caleb so they don't say this anymore. All of a sudden, the presence of God shows up at the, in the temple. And, and all the people probably are like, okay, we better wait and hear what Moses has to say. <laughs> because God, because God was calling Moses basically. So Moses goes to the tabernacle, goes to the, the tent of meeting, and God has this conversation with him, and basically here's what God says. I'm tired of this rebellious people. I'm going to kill them all. I mean, that's what God said. He said, I'm tired of them. He said, they don't believe me. They won't trust in me. Everything that I've done for them, he said, they still turn their back on me. He said, I'm going to, he basically looked at Moses and said, I'm going to wipe every one of them out, and I'll start a brand new nation with you. But Moses interceded for the people. And Moses said, God, if you do that, your enemies will say that you were not able to bring your children into the promised land. So he said, give them another chance, God. Let, you know, let's, let's get this people into the promised land. 
So, if you turn on over to chapter 14, later on in the verse, if you look down at uh, verse 26. So Moses has this conversation. Moses really talks God out of destroying the people. And, and verse 26 says this, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long should I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard their complaints which the children of Israel have made against me. Now look at verse 28. Very important. God said, Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, Just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. In other words, what God said was this. What you said will come to pass. Now, what had they said? The land that God was giving them devours people. The giants destroy the people. We're grasshoppers. There's no way we can overcome. So they sealed their fate with their words. That was way back in the beginning of the the first couple of books of the Bible, right? So now, let's fast forward to where we are today. Let me ask you a question. What did you say? What are what are you speaking? Are your words bringing death or are they bringing life? You know, do you talk about your your children that are not serving God? Do you talk bad about them? Now, I don't mean talking bad about them. I'm just saying do you say things like, well, you know, they're always getting into trouble. They'll never, they'll never come to church. Do you really want that? Is that really what you're wanting? Then why are we saying it? You know, um, I love to hear Mark Hankins teach on, on words and things, and he's got a lot of these little sayings that, that he does, but... But a couple of them are this, because see, you know, your faith, the first thing that, that your faith will move is your mouth. If, if, you, if, if your mountain never hears your voice, your mountain will never move. Why is it? Can anybody tell me why words can move mountains? Now, we, we look at that and we're thinking, man, it takes bulldozers to move mountains in the natural. It takes big equipment to to move mountains in the natural. But in the spirit realm, the Bible tells us that our words move mountains. Does anybody know why? Because guess what created the mountains? Your words. So if your words created it, your words can move it. It just depends on what your words are saying. You see, you understand, every time you say something, you're either creating the mountain or moving the mountain. You're creating a problem or you're fixing a problem. Oh, Pastor, it's not that simple. Really, it is. You know, Brother Hagin always used to say, I mean, one of his sayings was that, you know, if you don't like, if you don't like what you have, watch what you're saying. Change your, change your language. Right? <clears throat> Listen to this. F.F. F. Bosworth, um, he wrote the book Christ the Healer, and, uh, Christ the Healer, and he, uh, I mean, he, he's, an, I don't know, I, I don't remember when he died, probably in the 40s or 50s or something like that. But, but he said this, now this, is, this is an incredible statement from F.F. F. Bosworth. He said, a spiritual law that few people recognize is that our confession rules us. It is what we confess with our lips that really dominate our inner being. 
Nothing will be established, nothing will establish you and build your faith as quickly as your confession. The confession of your lips that has grown out of faith in your heart will absolutely defeat the adversary in every combat. Now listen to this last, this last sentence. God can be no bigger in you than you confess Him to be. Let me read that again. I'll, I'll kind of go through it. A spiritual law that few recognize is that our confession rules us. It is what we confess with our lips that really dominate our inner being. Nothing will establish you and build your faith as quickly as your confession. The confession of your lips that has grown out of faith in your heart will absolutely defeat the adversary in every combat. God can be no bigger in you than you confess Him to be. So let me ask you this. What are you confessing about God? Now the children of Israel, we saw that. What did they say? God, why did you bring us out here to die? You know, we're grasshoppers. You know, the giants devour us. You see, their confession, their confession, even their confession about God... Was, was there, it made God very small and the giants very big. And you know what God said? He said, he said, as you have said it, so it'll be. And what if, you know, the question, I read that and, and I know we've, we've looked at that before and said this before, but, but what if? What if God just showed up? You know, we had a manifestation of, of God Himself showing up. Jesus Himself showed up today and said, the words you say this week will what is what I'll do. You will have what you say this week. Would you would you change what how you talk? You know, would you would you call things your disease or your sickness? I heard I heard people say it. Well, you know, my allergies, you know, kick in this time of year, so I'm just. You know, I'm going to cough and sneeze and my allergies, I have my, my, my. You just took possession of it. You know, look at, look at Mark. Now, you know, I'm a, I'm a faith guy and a word of faith guy. Brother Hagen, you know, was one of my spiritual fathers that I learned so much from. And of course, Mark 11, 22 and 23, 24 was very famous. It was really what brought him off his deathbed when he got the revelation of, of uh, you know, this Scripture. And of course we know the, it's the story of the fig tree. Jesus walks by the fig tree and, and he sees leaves. He goes to get something to eat. There's no figs. He speaks to the fig tree. He says, nobody will eat from you hereafter. And it's interesting, that, that whole thing, because when Jesus looked for, he looked for uh, fruit on that fig tree and he didn't find any, and the Bible said this, well, actually, let's just look at it. Um, look at verse 14. In verse 14, it says, In response, Jesus said, "No man, Let no man eat from you hereafter. I think the, the King James may say, He answered it. He answered it and said, Let no man eat fruit from you hereafter. So, what did that tree tell him? If Jesus answered it, that tree had to speak to him. Let me let, and, and hear where I'm going with this. What's your circumstances saying to you? 
and how are you answering them? You're, you know, something that you're being attacked with in your body or something that, uh, you know, something, the circumstance that's coming against you, uh, you know, people that, that, that are giving you a hard time or whatever the case may be. How are you answering that? See, because here's something you have to understand. If your words can move mountains or your words can create mountains, you're either making the problem bigger or you're getting rid of it by your words. Right? So Jesus said this. So He spoke to the fig tree. The next day they came by. You know the story. Peter saw that the fig tree was was dried up from the roots and he, and he was amazed. He said, he said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And Jesus, in verse 22, Jesus answered and said, Have faith in God. Most of your margins will say, some of your margins will say, Have the faith of God. And we've always said, if He left it right there, we could have said, yeah, but that was Jesus. Right? I mean, you know, Jesus can do whatever He wants to do. But no, he go, he, Jesus takes it a step further and He shows us how to have the faith of God using our words. Verse 23, Jesus said this, He said, For assuredly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. One translation, I I read this this week, I was reading different translations, and I'd never seen this before. One translation, I I think it's the Coneyberry translation or something like that. It said this, it says, do not entertain doubt in your heart. You see, because doubt will come. Fear will come. But you don't have to entertain it. So see, Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not entertain doubt or fear in his heart, but he will actually believe those things that he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. So... So the Lord told Brother Hagen when, when he first showed him this and he got this revelation. Well, actually it was later. He got the revelation of this and got healed. And later on in his ministry, the Lord showed him. He said, did you notice that the word say or saith appears three times and the word believe only, only appears one time? And he told Brother Hagen this. He said, he said, you will have to do three times the teaching on your words than, than you will on believing. Because to be honest with you, and I think we would all agree with this, believing is the easy part. It's easy to it's easy to say, well, I believe that. But then when you step out and and you start living life, you step outside of the church building or the Bible study or, or just your time of prayer or whatever the case may be, then what are you saying? And you know, so notice that that he mentioned say or say it three times and only believe one time. Because you'll have, to, you'll have to guard your words three times as much as you'll have to guard your beliefs. Amen. A couple things about Mark 11. I mean, I love this Scripture. I've got, a, I've got a whole page here of notes on Mark 11 I've taped in my Bible. You see, because the world says this. The world says, I will believe it when I see it. God says, believe it and you will see it. And see, and then what do we have to do though? We have to get our mouth moving to agree with God. So when we believe something, we have to start agreeing with God, not agreeing with our circumstances. 
all the way in the very beginning, you look at how God created. The Bible says in Hebrews, the Bible says this. The Bible says that, that God framed the world, that the world is framed by God's Word. How did He create? You go back to Genesis 1. How did He create the world? God said, and then He saw. Sound came before sight. God said it before He saw it. You are going to have to say some things before you see some things. And the question is, will it be mountains or will it be victories? It depends on what you say. It depends on your words, right? And, and here's the awesome thing, because see, some of you might be saying, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not a preacher, I'm not this, I'm not, you know, I'm just an average Joe who works a job, and man, it's just so hard because of my workplace and, and all this. But listen, I want you to notice in Mark 11, 23, it starts, with, it starts out with whosoever, and it ends with whatsoever. Every one of us is a whosoever, and we can have... Whatever we talk about. Amen. Amen. It's, this, is not, this is not, Jesus didn't say this, this will only work for the elites. He said, whosoever will say. He included everybody. So you, your words can move your mountains. Your words can change your life. The question is, what, are, are, you allowing, are you allowing God to do that? Are you allowing are you giving God anything to work with? Amen. Sometimes um, you know in, in Mark chapter five, the story we won't turn there, but you know the story of Jairus and and his daughter, Jairus goes and gets Jesus and tells him, If you'll come to my house and lay hands on my daughter, she'll be healed. You know, so Jesus says, I'll go. They're on the way to his daughter's house. The woman with the issue of blood hears Jesus is coming. And, and while they're on the way, she presses through the crowd, touches the hem of his garment. Jesus stops, you know, and starts having this conversation with this woman. And probably Jairus is sitting there saying, come on, you know, my daughter's sick. And, and then Jairus sees the, the servant coming from his house over the hill. And, and he knows that's the worst case scenario. He, he, he knows that, that that means that something bad has happened. And sure enough, his servant comes and whispers in his ear, don't bother the master any longer. Your daughter is dead. Worst, worst case, he has the answer right here, but the worst case scenario is right here. Jesus said he would come to his house, but now his daughter's died. His daughter just died. But what did Jesus tell him? I love, I love the amplified version of that because Jesus says, overhearing but ignoring what his servant said. Jesus looked at Jairus and said, said, only believe. Only believe. What, what, what was he telling Jairus? Keep fear and doubt out of your mouth. If you can't say anything, you know, if you can't say something positive, don't say anything at the moment. Because what you say will determine the direction that you're going to go. And if you can't say something positive, it might be best to learn the vocabulary of silence for a little bit until, until you get faith built in your heart. And then when faith is built in your heart, then you can say the word of faith and it will move your mountain. Amen. 
<coughs> you know, your words identify you and locate you. You know, they say that... Uh, they, now, this is an interesting... I mean, science... You know, we talk about science a lot, and science is really starting to back up the Word of God. I mean, the more they learn about things, the more they, that it really backs up. But it's interesting... It's interesting to know that every person's voice has a unique voice print. Just like your thumb or your fingers have a unique fingerprint, like there's nobody else in the world that has the fingerprints you have, there's nobody else in the world that has the same voice that you have. And your voice is, has a unique uh, fingerprint or voice print just like your fingers do. And the incredible thing about it is this, the reason that's so important is because nobody else can affect your life other than your words. And guess what? Your words have an imprint on other people too. Your words have an imprint on your kids, on your businesses, on your workplace, on your husband or wife. Come on. Your words... Will, will, will leave a mark everywhere they're spoken. And the question is, what kind of mark are you leaving? And we could ask that, we could go back to the, the same question we've asked all morning. What did you say? What if we had, and, and if we got husbands and wives in here, I don't, I, I'm not asking for a, for a whole lot of, uh, marriage, marriage counseling sessions, but, but what if our husbands and wives, what if, what if we, what if we were to ask this question? I remember hearing a couple other ministers say that they did this, but like, uh, uh, one, one minister said that, that he was teaching on words and, and his, and he said something like during the week or something and his wife said, well, if that's really what you want. I'll get an agreement with you. <clears throat> He's like, oh man, you're using my own words against me, aren't you? But what, what if we, what if we held each other accountable to our words? And what if we asked each other, is that really what you want? I mean, if, if you really want that, I'll get into agreement with you. You know, do you really want you know do you really want your business to be slow all the time now? Well, if you speak that, then we can. Well, I'll get into agreement with you if that's really what you want. You know, do you want everybody to to always talk about you? Well, if, I mean, if that's really what you want, we can get into agreement with you. Oh, well, Pastor, you know, I, just, it just, oh, I didn't mean all that stuff, but you said it. Right? Look at James. Let's turn over to James and just look at a couple of passages, and then we're going to finish up here this morning. <clears throat> I've been hard enough on y'all. Y'all not amening very good, so I must be stepping on some toes out there. Look at James chapter 1, and then we'll turn to James 3. But James chapter 1, verse 5 said this, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Verse 6, But let him ask in faith, without doubting. For he who doubts is like a, like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by wind. For let that man... Suppose that he will receive, uh, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now, isn't that something that he says, uh, the Amplified says it this way in verse 6. 
I like to amplify here. It says, only it must be in faith that he asked with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, who hesitates or doubts, is like the billow surge out at the sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. So in other words, if you're saying one thing today and one thing tomorrow, you're not going to receive anything because you're being tossed with the wind. You're being tossed by the sea. Chapter 3, he goes in and he says this in chapter 3. He goes, oh man, the whole book of James is just incredible. <clears throat> teaching, about, teaching about the tongue. Uh, let's just start reading in verse 1. He says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. Notice this next phrase. This is, this is an interesting statement. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. In other words, if you can control your tongue, you can control every other aspect of your life. If you can, if you can control what you say, then he calls it a perfect man. That, don't don't stumble at that perfect. It just means it just means that that you know you'll be able to you'll be able to control anything. Look at the amplified in that. The amplified says, "For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things." And if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things, he is a fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire future. Nature. Nature, excuse me. But you control your whole future too. Amen. Verse 3, he goes on to say, Indeed, we put, a we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at the ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. But see how great a forest a little fire kindles. And boy, don't you know, like right now out in California, all those forest fires, guess what? They all started with one little match or one little spark. And how many of us can say that our words have started some forest fires. You know, I mean, I know mine has, I mean, at times. Wow. So, so he goes on to say, uh, look down with me in uh, verse 9. Verse number 9 says, says, With it, talking about the tongue, we bless our God and our Father, and with it we curse men. Who, who have been made in the similitude or the nature of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. You know, uh, it's so funny. Facebook's an interesting uh, place because you see, you see one person, you see like this morning they'll be posting a, a Bible verse and then by lunchtime they're cussing somebody out on Facebook. And it's kind of like, hold up, you know, I thought you just posted the Scripture, and now you're cussing somebody out. You know, which one is it? You know, right? And, and that's what he's saying here. He said, you know, we bless God with our tongue, and that's great, but then at the same time, we turn right around and we'll curse people. And he says, brother and sister, that, th that should not be so. 
you can't get sweet water and good and and you can't get like spring water and and dirty water out of the same fountain. It's either one or the other. And you know, and really, and here's the thing about our words as as we get ready to close here. Here's the thing about our words. Our words really reveal our heart. What you say reveals really what you think on the inside. And you know, this week I really want you to be I really want you to be conscious of your words. I really want you to think about uh, what you are saying. And it doesn't matter. Now listen, it doesn't matter whether whether it's you say it in front of uh, you know in front of the person, but if you're if you say something about somebody, it's just I mean it, in the spirit realm, it's just like you said it right in front of them. You know, really, the best conversation you can have is with yourself. You you need to talk to yourself. People might think you're weird talking to yourself, but you know what? You you need to talk to yourself. And you need to tell yourself some things. <laughs> you need to you need to find some scripture and remind yourself all day long of what the scripture says. Right? You don't you don't need to be you don't need to be uh giving everybody a piece of your mind. You don't have much anyway. Right? So you need to watch out who you give a piece to. Because you keep giving them pieces of your mind away and, and you know, before long you're not going to have much left. So, you know, you got to be, you, you really, really, it's, it's the old adage that if you ain't got something nice to say, then don't say anything. You know, Brother Hagen one time, I heard him tell this story this week. He said, he said that there was this old guy in his, in his town, uh, that that was really just a bad guy. He was a, he was an alcoholic and he was a town drunk and and he said he just caused all kinds of problems and 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 uh, one morning they found him dead, you know and and that that afternoon those four or five pastors had got together and were, were eating lunch and it, it said you know all of them were talking about talking about this guy you know and all of them were saying well he's better off dead you know he doesn't do nothing but cause problems and all of them were just saying all this stuff you know and. And uh, and and they noticed Brother Hagen wasn't saying anything, and and they finally one of them spoke up and says Brother Hagen said said what do you think about the guy? And you know Brother Hagen said he had been sitting there hearing all this, and and he said he said he kind of looked at him and said he was eating, and and he he took a bite, you know, and, and they asked him what he thought. He put his fork down, and he just looked up and he looked at him. And he said this. He said he sure did have pretty teeth. Picked his fork back up and started eating again. He said they all looked at him and they said, What? You know, but Brother Hagin said, Brother Hagin said, You know what? He said, If I ain't got something good to say about somebody, I ain't going to say anything. Everybody else was running the guy down, but Brother Hagin just said, He sure did have pretty teeth. You know, and just went back to eating. What if, what if we used our words for good and not for bad? What if every time we said we blessed instead of cursed? What if, what if every time we spoke, we were positive instead of negative? Your words carry the power of death and life. Let me ask you again as we close. What have you been saying? 
What did you say? What if, I want you to go this week, have, go this week with this thought in mind. What if, and think about this, at, at the, maybe, maybe at the end of every day, or, or I, I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit just reminds you periodically during the day. But what if the words you say were to come to pass immediately when you said them? You know, you say something and, and it would just happen. <clears throat> and and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray and ask the Holy Spirit to especially especially when when we say something from the negative side that He reminds us of that statement. That maybe maybe as soon as you say it, I don't want you to hear my voice because then you'll be tired of me this week. That you'll hear the Holy Spirit's voice. He'll the Holy Spirit will pop up on the inside and say, "Is that really what you want?" Is that really what you're believing for? Is that really? Do you really want that in that situation? Is that what you want for that person? Is that what you want your business to be like? Is that what you want your spouse to be like? You never do nothing. You know, you're you're the laziest person on the earth. Really? Is that what you want? Speak life. You know, nobody ever comes in this store. Was that what you want? Speak life. You can control your destiny by your words. It's powerful. So this week, this week I really want you to think about, I really want you to think about the words you're saying. Listen, you can, you can go through, uh, you can go through the book of Proverbs and time and time and time again. You'll, you'll hear you'll hear Solomon or others that wrote the, the the chapters there in Proverbs. The Proverbs you'll hear them say things like, you know, I mean things like, uh, you know, there's 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 verses in there that says that even a fool looks smart when he keeps his mouth closed. <laughs> you know, in other words, if if you know, man, if if you if you just don't say anything, a lot of times you look a whole lot smarter than if you open your mouth. And to speak before knowing the end of a matter, before knowing the everything about it, he says is 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 foolish. How many times do we blurt off and say something about a situation and we don't know nothing about it? You see it. Listen, you see it. Play, you're seeing it played out right now in the news media. People are rioting over a situation because they think they know what happened, but when the details really come out, they can see that all that rioting was for the wrong reason. That it really wasn't true. You see, guys, listen. Our words carry weight. And it's the power of life and death. So I encourage you this week, let's, let's watch our words. And let's, let's keep, keep in mind that statement. You know, is that really what you want? And keep asking, you know, maybe ask your spouse. Ask, if you, we see each other during the week, ask each other. You know, what did you say? What you been saying this week? I think that's a good thing. And then I want to encourage you this. I, I, did, I, had, I didn't really have, a, have the, the thought of it till worship this morning. But, but uh, for the month of October, I would really like for us to, every day, and we can even start today, we don't have to wait till October, but every day I would like for you to write down what God spoke to you that day. Keep you a journal, keep you a notebook. And every day, just write down at the end of the day, what did God say to me today? And it might be something simple or it might be, like I said, it might be a whole page or two. 
And then, and then the awesome thing about that is you'll be able to look back every single day of the month and you'll be able to see that God spoke every, every single day of the month. He spoke to you. And then maybe we can have some testimony about some things that God spoke and, and what you heard or how He ministered to you during the week. And I think, it'll, I think that'll be a good thing. Amen? Amen. Well, let's bow our heads. We're going to pray and, and you guys will dismiss you guys. So, Father, we thank You for Your goodness and Your mercy. Thank You for the reminder, Father, of our words. Now, Father, I do pray this week, Lord, my prayer for every single person here uh, at Destiny, there watching by, by Facebook or listening on, uh, by CD or on iTunes or however they may be listening. Father, I, my prayer is that every one of us, that we would be quickened in our spirit by the words we say. That, Holy Spirit, that you would, that you would, you would catch us before we say negative things. That you would show us and remind us the power of our words. And that you would remind us that question is, is that really what I want for this situation or out of this situation? Is that really what I believe? Is that really what I want for my family, for me, for my business, for my kids, whatever the case may be? And Father, so I pray blessings on your people. I thank you, Father, that, that you've given us the mind of Christ. And that we can say the right things. And our words can match up with what you say. Because the only thing that, Father, the only thing that you're going to do is you're going to back up what you said. Not just what we said apart from you. So, Father, if we want to see you move, then we've got to put our words in agreement with yours. So, Father, I thank you for blessing your people this week. I thank you that the people of destiny are the most blessed people. They have the most favor in their workplace. All of their needs are met according to your riches and glory. Father, the people of destiny are a healthy people. Father, you're bringing health and you're bringing healing in their bodies. This will be a week of healing, not of sickness. This will be a week of improving in our, in our health instead of declining. This will be a week, Father, that we, that we improve in in our relationships, and our relationships don't go the other way. Father, this is a week that we will look back on and say that God truly had His hand on us this week. And I thank You for that. So we bless You, we honor You, and Father, we just pray Your richest blessings on Your people. And we thank You for all that You're doing, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. God